realizing that this is essentially a period piece set in 2006, 2007 is making me reflect on my age and it hurts. Welcome to Feel and Film, everyone. I'm your resident film critic, Aaron White, and this is going to be my review of the movie Saltburn from Amazon MGM Studios. It stars Barry Keegan, Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, Richard E. Grant, Allison Oliver, Archie Medeque, and Carrie Mulligan. It is written and directed by Emerald Thanell. Cinematography is by Linus Sandgren, it is edited by Victoria Boydell, and music is by Anthony Willis. It runs 131 minutes and is rated R for strong sexual content, graphic nudity, language throughout, some disturbing violent content, and drug use. What's it about? A student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. Now what we have here, folks, is one of them classic love it or hate it kind of movies. There's not going to be a lot of middle ground. For me, it starts off pretty slow. It takes a while to get going. It's actually about 30 minutes before our characters move from the initial Oxford meet-and-greet setting to the titular estate of Saltburn. And that's when the movie, for me, starts to get a little more interesting. At its very best, there are some moments that are deliciously campy and twisted. I'm a big fan of the movie Cruel Intentions, and I really get that vibe here as well, in the way that this satirizes the wealthy upper class elite. And there's also a splash of the talented Mr. Ripley, and how a possibly psychopathic character can somewhat infiltrate a more privileged circle and sort of cause dissension and chaos. And like both of those movies, this film is also incredibly sexually charged as well, with a strong tension at all times between all sorts of different groupings of characters. The most interesting thing for me about the main character Oliver's time in Saltburn is his ongoing rivalry with the cousin Farley, who is also there, sort of mooching off of the family estate's money and enjoying the privilege and wealth that is to be had, the status, though not really being directly worthy of all of that himself either. There's a lot of banter that goes on between these two that I enjoyed, and it was nice seeing Archie Medeque in another film after the first time I got introduced to this actor was earlier this year in Gran Turismo. Oliver also has this obsession and jealousy of Felix. He is constantly watching him, and one of the more interesting things about this movie is what seems to be a setup for us to pay attention to details and for there to be layers and mysteries for what's going on. At one point, a character is talking about a story. She's telling a story about someone who saw a doppelganger of themselves walk through a window. And I was able to pause this movie because I was watching at home and I saw a something in the background crossing through the window as she said this that looked like a doppelganger of one of the characters. This never really plays itself out in an interesting way. And so I was looking for that stuff the whole movie long and then I honestly felt a little let down when it turned out to be 
a pretty simplistic story at its basic level. It wasn't all that shocking to me. It was very straightforward. Unfortunately, it just isn't really any depth to these characters. And so I found them not very interesting. Keegan's performance is wonderful. I think anyone who's a massive film fan would tell you that he's a phenomenal actor and it's just a matter of time before more and more of these performances make it out to where mainstream audiences understand his talent. So I appreciate him getting to lead this here, but I did not enjoy the character that he was playing whatsoever. Also, Jacob Elordi, I was captivated by him and I think that was the point. His character of Felix being this rich college gorgeous man who is appealing to this lower class student who kind of wants to be like him or maybe even wants to be with him that makes sense I just Alordi has such a raw magnetism about him that him playing again such a very simplistic character here left me really wanting for him I, I wanted him to be cooking in this movie and he doesn't get to do that the campy stuff comes in largely from Rosamund Pike who plays his mom and Richard E. Grant who plays his dad and Carrie Mulligan in a few scenes I thought it was silly and I guess the first couple of times they acted quirky it was mildly amusing by the end of this movie I was pretty annoyed by the disparity in how certain characters acted. It just never felt like everybody was on the same playing field. They were all over the place. I've seen this build as a thriller some places, and I just don't think that's the case. It is a drama through and through. In fact, devolving into extreme melodrama in several scenes to the point where I was rolling my eyes at the absurdity. There's definitely a mysterious air hanging over things, as I mentioned before, but none of that plays out in a way that is satisfying. And Emerald Fennel's first couple of twists, when they're revealed, just aren't that surprising. Ultimately, they keep coming to the point where you're like, all right, this is ridiculous now. How far are you going to push it? Because now it's just dumb. Look, if this is meant to be a movie about eating the rich, I, I just don't understand what she's doing here because by the end of this I was sympathetic for the rich family and I don't think that's how you're supposed to feel about an eat the rich movie you're supposed to look at them and be like oh they're getting what they deserve but that's definitely not how I came out of this now there's also some incredibly gross and demented sexual stuff in here and it feels more provocative for the sake of wowing the audience, that it makes sense for the character. And that bothers me. It's just pushing the limit of what people are going to be comfortable with. And I don't think it adds anything at all to character or to story in this case. And so it becomes a distraction and annoyance. Now, in the positive side of things, Linus Sangren shoots the hell out of this movie cinematography is just phenomenal. Every single scene features at least one or two frames that you could pause and turn into a desktop wallpaper or frame and put up on your wall as art. It really is gorgeous, especially when you are just taking into account the incredible production design of this entire aesthetic. It's magnificent and it really captures that opulence and extravagance of 
an elite, wealthy family estate of this kind. I was not aware going in that the film was shot in a 133 to 1 aspect ratio, but I actually really enjoyed that. I was reading that Emerald Fennell had said she wanted that to be the case because it felt more like voyeuristic and like you were sort of peeping in and watching this all take place from afar when you weren't supposed to be there, much how like Oliver really isn't supposed to be there. And I, I thought that that was effective and a good choice. It was appealing and it gave it a little bit of flair that I actually did appreciate. Likewise, the soundtrack is awesome. I go back to my opening line there of this being a movie set in the mid-2000s. There's great music throughout this and I really loved every time a new song came on, took me back to my mid-twenties and just made me realize how old I am at this point. <laughs> if this is what we're talking about as a period piece, oh my goodness. But characters have eyebrow rings, characters are reading Harry Potter. It's definitely getting the vibe of what that time was like in our lives. And so kudos to her for really capturing that moment accurately. In the end, I, I just did not enjoy this story. I didn't connect with any characters, didn't care what happened to them really. And by the end, it just got more ramped up and ramped up and ramped up to the point where I was shaking my head at what it was trying to show me, thinking the pale comparison of so much better movies that have tried to do similar things. I really loved Emerald's first film, Promising Young Woman. It was in my top 10 of the year. I think it is fantastic. I wish this was even an iota as smart as that movie is. Unfortunately, it's not. So I do not recommend Saltburn. But again, like I said, love it or hate it kind of movie. If you're opposite of me, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. And that's okay. We're allowed our difference of opinion. Saltburn is in theaters now. So if you're curious, go ahead, buy a ticket and find out for yourself. Well, that's it for this episode of Feelin' Film. If you're watching on YouTube, Thank you so much. The channel is growing and I really, really am grateful for all of you that are spending your time liking, subscribing, sharing, and talking with me in the comments. I'm having a blast doing that over the past couple of weeks. So let's keep that going with this review as well. If you're listening in a podcast app of your choice, please rate us and review us there. It helps a lot. And find me on social media and let's talk about your feelings about this film or anything else you've seen that I've reviewed as well. As always, I'll be back with another new review soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filmed.